0: on this episode of Why Watch That.
1: There's a mutation and they're trying to get the cure before it mutates ahead of them. Ooh. But the mutation has gotten into humans. Oh. Oh,
0: Lord. Are oh, you serious? It. This I sounds very, like an outbreak. I can't.
1: I'm very serious. All right, moving on. They are living in the forest in the Pacific Northwest, in the mountains. Yep. He is raising them alone. He's schooling them He's training them especially to survive the very first scene. Mr. Matt Ross, the director, tells us you're going to take this seriously. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic
0: and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover
1: the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer? Expect the unexpected from the critic.
0: Well, nothing gets past the ref.
1: We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch That.
0: That. Presented by Dynamic Network.
1: (laughs) The Why Watch That Talk.
0: Well, 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 we're in the full throttle <laughs> of summer, and we have some TV shows that we want to talk about, and we're pretty excited slash not,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: about some. Actually, I looked at this list, and I was we were sort of going over it a little bit, and it's definitely not a thrill ride um, as much for you, so we're, we're going to get through this as best as we can. Let's start off with a little network called OWN
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that um, has been, it's really getting in full the network is getting in full gear to release some TV shows. I know that Ava DuVernay's uh, releasing Queen Sugar out of it, but this one is called Green Leaf on OWN and it's very interesting because it's its dealing with uh, a pastor and his family and his yeah. patrons and what can we what can we say about it?
1: Yeah, uh, black pastor. Okay, so you look, know what you know what. Well, that changes things. So what the prodigal daughter returns. Okay, uh, now that's Merle Dandridge. Uh, this is her first lead role in a show. She comes back with her daughter. Comes back home to Mama and Daddy, played by Keith David and Lynn Whitfield.
0: What a pair!
1: <laughs> what a pair! Now they are the strength of the show. The two of them. And I don't mind what Merle does. So she comes back to this family. You know, they have a mega church. They are wealthy. Uh, All the kids are involved in the ministry in some way. She was involved in the ministry, but got away and left the church. Okay. So now she's spiritual, all this stuff. Now, what brings her back is one of her sisters died. Oh. So she's back. You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on underneath the surface. And Oprah plays her aunt. <laughs> <laughs> hey! All right, Opry. Who, who owns, like, a bar. <laughs>
0: does she she slaps somebody, because it wouldn't be...
1: <laughs> Not yet. But her husband has got some problems. Oh, okay. That the two of them, Merle and Oprah, need to work through. So, her sister the living one, is one of the Winans clan, Deborah Joy Winans. Oh, I love the Winans. Yeah. yeah. So You know she gets to sing. She does. You better let the woman sing. Let her sing. But she wants to be featured as a preacher. Mother doesn't want her to be. Her brother gets to do it, but she's like, look, he ain't even that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this dynamic. And, you know, of course you get this scene where they're at the dining room table, huge table, and they go at it. So here's what I'll have to say. For Own, this is definitely a step up. You can definitely see that they're taking things more seriously as a drama. They're not trying to give you too much soak, just a little bit of it. And I did appreciate how they took a step back from that. Okay. Okay. I will be interested to see, like you said, Queen Sugar in the fall to see if they make an even bigger step with Ava DuVernay.
0: Well, Ava's um, going to do great work anyway. So I, I, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm interested in that. So I would say if you are own viewer, if this is your channel, definitely checks this out if you haven't already. Uh, I think it's a good one for that demographic. If you're not, I don't think they're there yet for you to go and watch it. It's not going to do anything for you that's too interesting.
0: Oh, okay, well, thank you for that. American Gothic on CBS, <laughs> um, which is a new show. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it actually is starring some pretty cool people. Yes. Um, that our listeners may be familiar with.
1: Maybe. Uh, Virginia Madsen, whom we love.
0: You better be familiar with her.
1: Let me tell you something. This is what happens. Her husband... Something's going on with his company. Because they create cement and all of this stuff. I'm not going to get into it. But they find in a bridge that collapses, there's a belt and some bells. Santa? (laughs) No. (laughs) These bells are attached to a serial killer. So they go, wait a minute, did we miss something? Is the father the serial killer? Is the missing brother who comes back and is all weird... Is he the one? Because he does a little whispering in daddy's ear, and daddy takes ill as a result of this. And Virginia Madsen, the mother, ain't having none of it. So I'm not going to tell you what she does. Her kitties are played by Justin Chapman. I'm going to name a-, a few. Who was in A Shameless, among other things. I really like his vibe. Uh, he, you know what? He's kind of like um, old boy from uh, Breaking Bad. Aaron Paul? Aaron Paul, he's just like that. Um, Juliet Rylance, who was in The Nick, Yeah. She's one of the kiddies. So I, I like the cast. However, after the first five minutes, which I thought was campy fun, they turned it into like this thriller mystery thing that's not working. It's just not working. I wish they had more fun with it. It is the summer. Hello. And the writing is certainly not good enough to uh, uphold all of this. Now there is one storyline that they go away from that they could use. Like Juliet Rylance is a politician. She has um, this uh, manager, campaign manager who is no nonsense and there's something going on there. In the beginning, they had more of her and I enjoyed it. So I'm sorry. This is a miss.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? CBS will give you a pass. Um, Queen of the South. That's on USA. Now, we kind of alluded to this in a previous podcast. when We were talking about um, Duel, which uh, was with Woody Harrelson and Liam Hemsworth. Because Liam Hemsworth's love was your girl, the lead of the Queen of the South. And that is none other than...
1: Alice Braga.
0: Oh, Alice Braga. Now, Now this is about a drug dealer queen pit.
1: That's right. That's right. And it's about we see her as that in the beginning. Then they flash way back to before she even had a thought about being in the drug business. She was, of course, dating a guy who was involved in it, got sucked in her life threatened. She had to escape Mexico. And unfortunately, she fell into the clutches of a woman who ain't playing in Texas. Hmm. Now, she's running away from the husband, who's the kingpin, to his wife. Who's yes. A queen, yeah, who's a queenpin <laughs> in Texas. But the husband and wife, of course, aren't on the same page. The husband thinks he knows what the wife is doing, but he doesn't. Of course, she's smarter than him. Or is she? <laughs> Ooh, wow. now we know that Alice Braga's character is going to have to turn into the queenpin, take things over. She starts by becoming a drug mule. After and I'll just end it here. After she sees another woman die from doing the same thing, so she and the the, the interesting thing they do, her future self talks to her in the past and says, "Look, I told you you got to do this. I told you you got to do that." So she sees herself in the future and she's going after that, and that's her motivating force. Okay.
0: Okay, so that sounds really interesting. So does it have supernatural...
1: <laughs> no, it's not like that. <laughs> it's Uh-oh. not supernatural. Now, what I'll say is it has writing issues, but I like the cast. Uh, the story's very familiar, but now we have it from a woman's perspective. Yeah. Uh, the summer, it works. It has action, it has energy, all of that. So, you know, if you... Does like... it
0: have Jimmy Schmidt Because I feel like he's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it does not, but it does have... It does have Mark Consuelos, okay, <laughs> <laughs> who plays a lawyer, uh, that the, the queen pin, the original one comes in. And is like, look, this is what you're going to do for me. Okay. This is what and he's like, well, what am I going to get out of it? So it's that kind of thing. It's fun. Um, it's not great, but again, it's good for the summer on USA.
0: All right. Well, let's, let's get out a little bit into the deep and go to BBC America and talk about 13, mm. um, which is very interesting, uh, about a, being abducted for 13 years. Yes. And uh, what happens if when you get freed, or what happens when you uh, get back into the real world?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, we saw Room, the movie... We saw Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix, the other end of it, the comedic side. This is not a comedy. It's certainly a drama. It starts with Ivy, a 26-year-old woman, running away from a house. She runs into the street, almost gets hit by a car to get on the payphone, and this is in England, and say, hey, come get me. I've been abducted. I'm Ivy, who's been missing for 13 years. Uh, they come get her. She has to be reacclimated to life, mm-hmm. of course. Her mother is, you know, all over her. You know, and all over everyone else. Let her sleep, be quiet, all, you know, that kind of thing. But she doesn't want it. She's 26 now. So half of her life she was in captivity. Yeah. Her former boyfriend, he's married. She doesn't know. But there's some sort of thing going on with the two of them. Her younger sister now is like, I don't know if you're even my sister anymore. Oh, wow. Question whether she's the real Ivy or not. The cops are going. Do we believe her story or not? Were you really abducted? Is this Stockholm Syndrome? Is this believable? So it's that kind of thing where everything is a question mark. Um, I think that if you have the stomach for really serious TV, this is good. Is it great yet? No, it could turn into that, but it's good. Um, You know, it comes from the Brits' straightforward uh, acting and writing. So that's it. It's on BBC America. It's summertime. I don't know if this is the right time for it. It's more mm. of a fall show, but here it's, it is.
0: This sounds like it. Let's go to uh, CBS Zoo, which is in its... Uh, this, is, this is round two for Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this is about the animals gone wild. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Zoo... We talked about the defiant pupil from last season <laughs> when the animals attack, you know, they, and now they're coordinating, ah. among, you know, between among species, the birds talk to the bees and talk to the tigers and the elephants and everything else. But this season, the
0: elephants.
1: Oh yeah. The elephants are on attack. Every, every, and <laughs> ah, ah, there's some ah, raccoons you got to watch out sure for.
0: for a, a comedy. Why <laughs> comedy? I want it to be a comedy.
1: They, yeah, I think it would work even better if they really embraced that. Um, this is certainly not good, but it's not supposed to be. It's like it's a show you watch, you can't even believe it. You can't believe how bad it is and how ridiculous, but it's kind of fun, kind of. Um, so this season, there's a mutation, and they're trying to get the cure before it mutates ahead of them. Ooh. But the mutation has gotten into humans. Oh,
0: Oh, Lord. Are oh, you serious? It, it sounds very, like an outbreak.
1: I can't. I'm very serious. All right, moving on. Did you know part one? Well, I have another did you know.
0: Well, it's about time. Was that, two in a row?
1: That's maybe three in a row. Wait a minute.
0: Maybe.
1: <laughs> so, wait a minute. Did you know that the night of a new Crime drama coming to HBO this Sunday, the July tenth. Yeah. Did you know that before John Turturro signed on to star? Oh, I like him. There were two other actors who were supposed to play the lead role.
0: Who are they? Well, let me look it up to see what it's about, and then I can maybe guess. <laughs> this episode of Why Watch? That's brought to you by Audible.com the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and mp3 player.
1: Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show.
0: Did you know
1: part 2
0: Okay, so it's definitely a tough guy. Um
1: yeah, no, okay, maybe. <laughs> yes.
0: Tough a tough guy. Uh, uh Pacino? Uh Close. no. No, what about uh tough
1: guy? Tough guy. Um uh,
0: uh, oh, I don't know who it who-
1: <laughs> Everybody the ref's shoulders into it. She's going <laughs> <laughs> to shoulder. Well, firstly, it was created as a vehicle for James Gandolfini. Ooh,
0: Sopranos. Yeah. Right. And
1: we know, unfortunately, he passed away.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Then they went to Robert De Niro. Oh, shut up. Yes. <laughs> Robert De Niro. TV? Robert- Robert De Niro on HBO? Can you, I mean, are I television would explode. Yeah, but he had a scheduling conflict. Of course he did. So then we get the not-to-be-underestimated John Turturro, and oh. you know, it's available already uh, on HBO Go and Now and all of that if you want to check it out before the 10th. Or if not, you can catch it on the TV. Mm, thank you, critic. Back to why watch that.
0: Netflix uh, put out Marco Polo, its second season. Um, this is uh, one of those shows that um, I, you know. When I thought of Marco Polo, I just I don't know why I went straight to Britain or or, 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 or Europe, but yeah. it really it's 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 it takes place um, in an Asian country. Mongolia. And influences. So we get a little something different in Marco Polo.
1: That's right. And this, like you said, is the second season. The first season was spotty. And now we're here. So before I get there, let's refresh. So Marco Polo is sent to uh, Kublai Khan. And this is in the 13th century and left there Mm -hmm. because his father is an emissary of the Pope. We don't know this in season one. We know this now. No. So he leaves Marco there. Marco is essentially a prisoner of Kublai Khan. And he turns into an advisor to the Khan. Now the Khan is trying to expand into China. So he's, you know, this is a Mongol emperor. Yep. Trying to go to China. In season two, we see what happens as a result of that. He's paranoid. He does, can't trust anybody. Who does he trust? You know, he's the burdens of it show up. And he's played by Benedict Wong, who's a great British Asian actor. I mean, great. And if you saw, in, uh, not Interstellar, if you saw The Martian. Yes. He was in that, and you will not believe that he is Kublai Khan, and you will not believe it's the same guy. I just Well, love
0: he was also in your other uh, wonderful uh, movie, which will be remain unnamed, Prometheus.
1: Moving on. Yes, he was. Thank you for that. Now, in the first season, it was mostly about Marco's story, which was a part of the problem. Now, they had it was uneven, all of that. This season, though, it's consistent, and the focus is in the right place. It's not on Marco so much. It is on Kublai Khan, who is the grandson of Genghis Khan. And we hear Genghis, 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 Genghis all over the
0: place. I have no idea what you're talking about, but go ahead. Well,
1: we all know, well, we call him Genghis Khan in the States, but it really is Genghis, or in Mongolian, Chingis Khan. So he's there. Now... His wife, the empress, she has her own thing going because their son, Jingam, needs to get an heir. He needs to have some children. His first three wives, it didn't work. He gets a fourth wife. Okay. And his mother comes in and makes that thing work. Uh And the, the wife has her own secrets. We also get my boy, 100 eyes, 100 eyes who is the Taoist monk who's also a prisoner of the Khan. We get even more story from him. Oh, wow. And we see his love interest come into play, who is played by Michelle Yeoh.
0: Okay,
1: wow. You you can see them fighting. It's great stuff. And Joan Chen, by the way, plays the Empress. So the cast is wonderful. And I think this time, because here's the thing, and I'll end it here. Yes. It's all about the stakes. It's all about consequences. And in some of these shows, in each scene, I don't know what the consequence is. I don't know what's at stake. We don't need to know what's going on overall in every scene. But in each scene, we should know what's at stake, what they're going after. And this season of Marco Polo, they get that. So if you like the first season, I'm sure you'll love the second. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's worth it to go through the first season to get to the second. No, it depends.
0: Moving on. Netflix also released Marcella which yeah. is a new show on Netflix uh, but it, it's not it, it hails from across the pond it shall
1: does. We? Yeah, so it yes, Netflix distributes it here in the states. It's an ITV show in England. It stars Anna Friel. Um, if you watched American Odyssey, the short-lived show on NBC last yes. year, she was the lead in that. She was
0: also the lead in Pushing Daisies. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Well,
1: there you go. There you go. Now, she plays Marcella, the titular character, who is a former detective. She left the force to raise her kids. But now she's coming back because her husband leaves her.
0: Uh Uh-oh.
1: Husband leaves her. But before that, everybody, we find out in the very opening scene that she has memory lapses. She wakes up in a tub, blood on her head, blood on the walls, doesn't know how it happened. What? Yeah, so this is strung through the whole season. So she goes back to the forest after many years gone, and there's a tension there. She's coming back. You know, the the boss now was her former partner, so she gets some preferences, some favoritism. So we have those kind of dynamics. Her husband is working for a construction company that's not quite on the up and up, and he has a relationship with the matriarch's daughter that's hidden and something happens to her that's not good because there's a serial killer on the loose of course it's it's british tea. there's always a
0: serial killer.
1: there you go now who is it is the husband involved is anna Friel's character involved marcella what's her role in it are any other people involved there are all kinds of characters who could be involved or who could be the killer So, what I'll say is this: the British no crime thriller dramas. Yes, they do. This fits in with Happy Valley, we talked about The Fall, Luther. Just line them up. And but they're all, they all have their own quirks. That's the good thing. Like Marcella's memory problem. It's great. The acting is clean. The writing is straightforward and clean. It's eight episodes on Netflix. It is bingeable. So I think Marco Polo and Marcello, for me, is great weekend viewing. <laughs> but this, this is just such good stuff. And even the, the few flaws you'll ignore, because like I said, like I said, the stakes are there. And I'm excited for a second season. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay! Wow, that was a great review of all of these TV shows. Some of them you may like. I need some <laughs> lemonade. You, you know what you <laughs> you can make you can make lemonade out of some of these reviews. Oh. A why watch that sneak peek? I love. Love, 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 access to sneak peeks. (laughs) Yes. Love, love, love. We do the work so you don't have to. Seriously. (laughs) We had an amazing opportunity to go see Captain Fantastic. Yes. Yes. I love the title. Captain Fantastic, written and directed by Matt Ross, who is basically an actor you probably know. Silicon Valley, he was in... You know, I mean, this list goes on and on. But it's starring one of my favorite actors. And in fact, I think one of our favorite actors. Um, Oh, yeah.
1: Viggo Mortensen.
0: Viggo Mortensen of Lord of the Rings, among others. That's right. And, of course, the wonderful Franklin Langella, who makes a wonderful appearance in this movie. Love him. But a bunch of kids, basically. (laughs) A bunch? Viggo and a bunch of kids.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because Mr. Mortensen plays the father of six children. One, two, three, four, five, six kitties. And the mother's gone. Now, they're living, everybody. She's gone tragically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, they are living in the forest, in the Pacific Northwest, in the mountains. Yep. He is raising them alone, he's schooling them, he's training them, especially to survive. The very first scene, Mr. Matt Ross, the director, tells us, you're going to take this seriously. And then we pull back. We see the love. We see the nurturing. As you're watching Vigo as this father, you don't quite know how to take him. Is he dangerous or not? Are these kids being taken care of? Maybe he has something in his head that would work for everybody. I don't know. Maybe he's on to something. But his wife... Her parents, especially her father, played by Frank Langella, he does not agree with what's going on. So what happens is there's a funeral. Mr. Vigo shows up with the children and all you know what breaks loose. So at the end of this movie, the question is this, everybody. Does he change? Does he stay the same? Are these kids in the right place or not? And do the kids agree or not?
0: The thing about it is Vico is training these kids outside of the system of America. So it's not like they're going in and out of town and going to school and being trained. They're actually separate from the system of American society. And the wonderful thing about this movie is that it comments on how to raise children in modern day society. Do you do you take them out? Do you put them in? Do you sit them in front of a video game or do you train them like a Olympian
1: athletes right
0: and um and some people um like his sister uh who he goes and visits which is it's a wonderful little scene those of us who think that we're doing the best for our bodies and the best for our children and eating organically and getting our children the best education there's a wonderful scene where vigo sort of not sort of he just displays the blatant differences between how he raises his kids and how his sister raised kids. And I think it's one of the highlights of the movie, um, and definitely worth a checkout for that, to see oh. little six year old school this little 13-year-old boy,
1: basically. (laughs) Yeah, uh, two of them. And, you know, uh, this movie to me, Ref, oh my goodness, I was transported. I was transfixed. I thought from top to bottom, when they said something, it was supposed to be said. When we saw something, we were supposed to see it. The blend of sight and sound was great. It looked beautiful. And Vigo. I think this role for him is probably the best... Matched role that he's ever had. I mean, he is this guy. You completely buy it. You you get his humanity. You get his gentleness, but you also know he is not somebody to be trifled with. Plus, this man may surprise you in his introspection. I just thought it was beautiful.
0: Beautifully. Um, if 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 I have to say anything that would be corrected or mm-hmm. any kind of criticism, and I'm searching. I'm literally searching, trying to find something because I really enjoyed this movie. The yeah. only thing is um, the language that the children have, that they use, is language that Harvard professors would use um, <laughs> because they're on that level. They, they're very intelligent children. And the actors, some of the little ones especially, sort of fumbled around with some of that language. But then at the end of the day, that's what kids would do naturally anyway. So right. I'm really, really stretching I have to say my final verdict is if you see this movie anywhere near you, check it out. If it's not near you, I would definitely hit up um, your your carrier once it comes out or Netflix or Redbox or anything like that. It is definitely going to be worth your time.
1: Exactly. This might have its Little Miss Sunshine moment. Who knows? And now the pick of the week. Oh my goodness, the ref is coming with a pick of the week, finally!
0: It's about time, Dagnabbit!
1: <laughs> and this is Room. Yes, R-O-O-M is in Mary. Which was a winner at the Oscars this year for Brie Larson, who stars in it. She did um, it. Yeah, that's right. She uh, swept. She did, yes, all of those awards. And she plays a woman who's in captivity with her young son. And I'll do that. Okay. Now, <laughs> this is directed by Lenny Abramson, and it's written by Emma Donahue. Take it away.
0: Okay, so like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, Brie Larson, who plays Ma, is held in captivity for seven
1: years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven!
0: Seven years by a man called Old Nick, played by Sean Bridgers, who always plays a CD character. If you've seen Rectify, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She's captive for seven years, but within those seven years, she has a five-year-old son. Mm. So do the math, people. We know who our baby daddy is. Oh, The seven-year-old, or excuse me, the five-year-old is played by Jacob Tremblay, who is marvelous. His name is Jack, and he's got this long hair because his hair has never been cut. Ma had to give birth to him inside of the shed where she's kept. The story is about how to maintain as much as you can sanity in a four-by-four room with your five-year-old yeah marson is 24 at this point ma is 24 at this point and every so often old nick pays a visit and the little boy has to go somewhere else during that visit as time goes on we see that ma is getting fed up yes they're malnourished they're cold Mm. They're hungry. Mm. They're neglected. Mm. And time to bust out of there. Now, I'm not going to give away how they bust out, but it's a wonderful scene. Finally, of course, they break out. I'm not ruining anything. Because the second half of the film, is about how to adjust to our crazy life when you've been captive in a room for seven years. Mm. And how does a little boy who's five years old who's never seen the outside world, maintain his sanity and also acclimate to the craziness around him. Now, the gist of this movie is wonderfully laid out. Um, The writer does a good job of giving us enough happening inside the room. When we get outside of the room, then it gets a little wonky. But I'll tell you what. You add in Joan Allen, who makes a, uh, an appearance as as the mother. Yeah. And you add in William H. Macy, who makes an appearance as the father. Oh. And you've got a wonderful cast here. Brie Larson, who, again, won the Academy Award. Great. But the real snub is <laughs> Jack, the, the little boy who played uh, uh, Jack. Did a marvelous job. What else? Because this is a pick of the week. If you want great ensemble acting, especially between the two of them, and you just want to go through this feel good, um, because by the time you get the end of it, you're not depressed, thank right. God.
1: Yeah, it's surprising but, that way.
0: But it is it's surprising that way. But if you just want to go through a journey of going from this captive state to this free state and thinking how in the world are they going to manage these lives it's a great sort of journey that you go on with these two people and i have to say i rather enjoyed myself so check it out it's on amazon prime right now if you have a subscription if you don't i say it's worth a rental
1: oh and that's how i watched it actually so welcome to the club